Iskan founder Charya Shilaprabhupada ki jai, and that's good to buy Shnavrinda ki jai. Namacharya Shilaridas Takur ki jai. Prem Sikaho Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Adwaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gora Bhaktivinda ki jai. Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gogopina Shamakur Radha Kandidi Govardhan ki jai. Rindavan Dhamma ki jai. Matur Dhamma ki jai. Namadri Mayapur Dhamma ki jai. Jagannath Puri Dhamma ki jai. Gangavai Dhuna Devi ki jai. Bhakti Devi ki jai. Yosimayani ki jai. Samaveta Bhaktivinoda Kijai, your permanent All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Narayana. All glories to Shiva Prabhupada and Mahatma Krishna Prasad Bhutalashi, Mati Bhaktivedanta Swami, Mr. Saraswati Devi. Gauravani Bhacharya Nirvasesa Sanirani Paskatiyade Sitarani Bandayam Sri Guru Sri Uttapadapama. Shri Guru Vaishnavam Shashi Rupam Sadhguru Tam Sadhanara Rinatam Vitam Sam Sajivam Sadhvaitam Sadhvaitam Parichana Sahita Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sadhana Apalita Shri Shakam Vitasha Panchaka Patribhyascha Kipasindriyevacha Patichanam Pavanevyo Vaishnavayana Today is July 4th this is the day when we Americans told you Britishers that we weren't part of you anymore. This was a, this is the American Teenage Rebellion Day. July 4, 2014, in Bhaktivedanta Manor in London, and we're going to be looking at Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 32, Text 15 through 22. Um, because some of you weren't here yesterday, and because the power went out in the middle of the presentation yesterday, I'm going to very, very, very quickly go through part one. Is that all right? Okay. So this starts with the sages in the Dantakaranya forest who decided to marry Lord Ram and they indicated they would have to wait until his Personifications of the Vedas. Can we do what we did yesterday? And the ladies move way close to the Vyasa sun, like really, really close to the squish. And so the gentleman here can also move over about one meter, please, more squish more, like they do in a Chinese train. Can everybody see? All the all the gentlemen can see? Yes? Okay. So the personifications of the Vedas, they also they saw uh, Lord they saw Lord Krishna's pastimes in one day of Brahma, and they decided to be gopis and they had to wait until the next day of Lord Brahma. So how many years did they have to wait? Trillions, huh? To join Krishna's pastimes. Finally, they take birth in Raja as gopis. And then Krishna takes their clothes in the Jamuna and he says, next year. So again, they're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally, one night, Krishna calls them and each of them hears their own name being called by the food. So they leave their houses in the middle of the night and they go braving the lions and tigers that were at that time in Vrindavan. And their relatives, so many obstacles. Many times devotees complain about the obstacles that they have in their life, as if when you become Krishna conscious, Krishna should just remove all your obstacles. But here we find the gopis, they didn't have the obstacles removed, but they surmounted the obstacles. And they go all the way to the forest, and they finally come to see Krishna, and then what? He says, why don't you go home? He says, you don't belong here. He said, better go home and meditate on me. Serve your husbands, take care of your children. And what did the gopis say? No. 
No, we're not waiting any longer. We're not doing some kind of meditation. We're staying here. We have no business anymore with our families. You please accept us. We're reviewing part one for the people who are here. So then Krishna was with the gopis. They were so happy. He was embracing them and joking with them. They're finally, finally, after so many trillions of years, getting to be with the Supreme Personality of Godhead and playing and joking by the bank of the Tribuna. And they started to think, what did they start to think? We are the most special. We are so special. We have gotten everything. Finally, we have gotten Krishna. And then all of a sudden, Also, right? That we're doing our service. Krishna doesn't come, doesn't come, doesn't come, doesn't come, doesn't come. A little bit, Krishna gives a little reciprocation. And then again, leaves. They were looking everywhere, asking the trees, the creepers, where's Krishna? And they became so much in madness of love, they started imitating Krishna's pastimes. Finally, walking through the forest, they saw Krishna's footprints. They followed Krishna's footprints. They found that Radharani had also been abandoned by Krishna. And then together, they looked in the deep forest. They couldn't find him anywhere. They decided that if they kept searching, Krishna would keep running. And he heard his feet on the sharp thorns. So better to just stay by the bank of the Yamuna and sing for We recited these verses yesterday. We're not going to do that again today. This is 15 and 16. But the gopis were thinking, why would any gentleman leave his beloved in the forest in the middle of the night? Does he get some kind of pleasure from leaving us here? We should ask him in backwards, paradoxical language, because if we ask him directly, he may get angry and leave us again. But we should reveal what is in our hearts. So they sat down with Krishna by the bank of the Jamuna and they laid out the chatters that they had been wearing, scented with their own bodies, massaged Krishna's feet. But they felt a little angry. And they said, we're just simple village women. We don't know what's right and what's wrong. Please help us answer our questions. We would like to ask you something and we hope that you can give us the proper answer. So then they asked this question of Krishna, hoping that Krishna would reveal that he was ungrateful with his own words. So they are modeling for us that when we don't understand, we should go to Krishna and ask him for his revelation. So they said, Krishna, who's the most honest person? It seems there are three types of people, those who just exchange whatever they get, those who love regardless of whether they get or not, and those who don't love at all. And they were thinking, Krishna, which type are you? But they said, you please explain this to us. Who's the best person? So what they were really asking is, do you have love for us, indifference, or hatred? We can't tell. I don't think you have conditional love for us because... We gave everything to you, and you left us in the middle of the night. 
think you have unconditional love for us because then you would have stayed with us regardless of our behavior. We don't think you're indifferent to us. You do things to make us happy and you do things to make us sad. You don't seem to hate us all the time because you show your love for us. You don't seem to hate us due to some wrong on our part because we didn't do anything wrong. And this way the gopis show how when we don't, when we, instead of trying to understand Krishna uh, just with logic and reason and analysis and putting Krishna into some material category that we should reveal our heart to. Okay, so that's a very quick review of what we went over yesterday for those of you who weren't here and those of you who were here and couldn't see half of it because we had no power. And now we're going to go to parts two and three. So in the second part, verse 17 to 19, Krishna is going to take these three categories that the gopis give and expand them into nine. And Krishna is going to explain the nine kinds of material and spiritual relationships. This is a very wonderful section because it can help us understand the nature of our relationships. What kind of relationships are we having? And it will explain to us to a large extent why we are suffering or not suffering. Narada Muni told Dhruva Maharaj, if you simply have the proper kind of relationships with people, you will get rid of all your material distress. Interesting. And then in the third part, Krishna is going to explain what's his relationships with the devotees. Okay, if we can say this together. Shri Bhagavan Uvacha Nityo Bhajantiye Sakya Swartanai Kanto Janhite Natrata Soridam Dharma Swartanam Tadinanyata The Supreme Personality of God had said, so-called friends who show affection for each other only to benefit themselves are actually selfish. They have no true friendship, nor are they following the true principles of religion. Indeed, if they did not expect benefit for themselves, they would not reciprocate. My dear slender wasted gopis, some people are genuinely merciful or are like parents, naturally affectionate. Such persons who devotedly serve, even those who fail to reciprocate with them, are following the true faultless path of religion, and they are the true well-wishers. Then there are those individuals who are spiritually self-satisfied, materially fulfilled, or by nature ungrateful, or simply envious of superiors. Such persons will not love even those who love them. What to speak of those who are inimical? So first Krishna looked at his devotees with great love uh, to give his very pleasing and humorous answer. Again, we're going to be, Krishna's going to take these three categories of the gopis and expand them into nine. So, first category is people who reciprocate love only as they receive it. So here Krishna says some very harsh words that such people are just selfish, no friendship, nothing. So what is this kind of relationship? This is a merchant relationship. I'm giving what I'm getting. I, I'm calculating. Just like we mentioned yesterday, there are very popular, best-selling books on relationships that explain all relationships in terms of scores. You know, you give your wife flowers, it's five points. You make your husband his favorite dinner, it's ten points. And that people are keeping score. What did I give? What did I get? What did I give? What did I get? This is just like merchants. Krishna says there's no love at all. When you go to a shop, do you have any love for the shopkeeper? I mean, unless you know the person. Do you feel any love for the shopkeeper? If the shop says, they have a sign, uh, we're selling computers half off. Do you go to the shopkeeper and say, is, is that okay? 
Here one finds dharma, one finds one's true essence, one's true identity, one finds one's true self, and here one finds love. Uh, the example Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur gives is that of Prahlad Maharaj. With Prahlad Maharaj, his father was trying to kill him, what to speak of no reciprocation. His father was actually trying to kill him. And Prahlad Maharaj says to Nisimha Dave, Yes, it's true that my father committed grievous sinful offenses against you and against me. But please let him be purified through joy. Please let him not have to suffer. Let him become liberated from his demoniac tendency without suffering. Let my father simply be happy. Let my father be happy. Let my father be happy. This is love. Let you be happy. May you be happy. May you be happy. Wanting the happiness of others. And the pure devotees feel like this about everyone. May everyone be happy. May no one ever have to suffer. Let me sacrifice for the happiness of others. And seeing their happiness is my happiness. Now, how can the devotees do this? Because materially, if you just give and 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 give, you become exhausted. A materially conditioned soul finds it very difficult to do this. They have to think about themselves. But for one who's connected with Krishna, you're not giving yourself, are you? What are you giving? You're simply a conduit for the unlimited. You understand? Like we say, the Guru is the transparent via medium. When you're connected with Krishna, Om Purnamada, Purnamidam, Purna, Purna, Rudatate, Purnasya, Purnam Adaya, Purnam Eva Vasishite. Unlimited minus unlimited is unlimited. Infinite minus infinite is infinite. When we're connected with the infinite, like this computer is on battery now, so it can do the show for a while. It's a very nice, it has a Haswell processor, so it can go about 12 to 17 hours on battery. But that's all. Then it's finished. But if it's plugged in, it can go unlimitedly. You understand? If I'm trying to give, 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 give for myself, I become exhausted and I have to think about taking I have to say, what about me? But if I'm plugged into the unlimited, and if what I'm giving to you is simply transmitting from the unlimited to you through me, then I can give unlimitedly. And in fact... The Acharyas say, when Krishna spoke this verse, and he said, oh, slender, wasted gopis, he was saying, this middle person, gopis, is like your beautiful waist. This is the most beautiful person. And indeed, you are this person. You are this loving person. You are the persons who love me when I reciprocate, who love me when I don't reciprocate, who love me when I'm with you dancing and talking and joking, and who love me when I leave you in the middle of the night without cause. And you don't say, oh, you've left me without cause. Now I will not love you anymore. Uh, therefore, you are the perfection of this middle category. Now, there is also a category here, a subcategory, materially speaking. And we see this within the family, especially between parents and children. So one time I read a story of a police officer who was trying to find a serial killer and when he found the serial killer, it was his own son. And he wrote, as a father, I still love you. Though as a police officer, I'm happy to put you in jail. So that is the mood even in the family. The children may be ungrateful, disrespectful, fallen, criminals. I know one family whose son is a heroin addict. They don't let him in the house because he'll simply steal but they still love him. Now, of course, this kind of family love is not on the same platform as the love of the great devotees. Because the love of the great devotees is coming from being connected with infinite Krishna. And therefore, it is real compassion on a spiritual platform. Whereas the love of the family has to do with a sense of bodily identity. The reason we love our family members, especially parents to children, is that you feel that that family member is part of you. You think that you are the body, and this other person's body comes from your body. Therefore, you love them like you love yourself. Just like in the past time when Krishna expanded as the boys and the calves, 
and then it was explained the parents had more love for Krishna expanded as the boys than they had had for their own sons. And Maharaj Purkin asked, how is that possible? And Sukadeva Goswami says, ultimately, we have the greatest love for ourselves. But Krishna is the self of the self. Therefore, one can have the greatest love for him. So in the family, we love because they're Swajana. They're my people. I experience traveling all over the world a very interesting phenomenon. So often I'm in countries where people don't speak English. Like, it's so nice to come here. It's like, oh, I can just talk English. <laughs> of course, I talk a little funny English for here, but anyway. And I remember once when I was traveling in China, and nobody speaks English, only my translator. And when I was leaving the country and I was in the airport, I heard some people speaking English. And not only English, but American accent English. And not only American accent English, but Northeastern American accent English. Oh, they're my people. And it was so interesting that I felt an immediate bond with these people. Even though I'd never met them, I didn't know them. They were standing in the same queue and I said, are you from America? Yes, we're from America. Where are you from? We're from Connecticut. Oh, I'm from New York. And you feel a bond with them. I've even noticed this if you want to borrow somebody's mobile when you get off the plane because nobody's come to pick you up. If you ask someone who was on the same plane, they're more likely to lend you their mobile. Isn't that fun? Because they think we're, we're the same. We're part of the same group. This is the Swajana. That was Arjuna's problem in Bhagavad Gita. So that's not really selfless love. It's not really selfless love. Because if you're really, the reason that you're just giving and giving and giving, it's like you just give to your body, right? All of us give to our body. Are we all very obedient servants of our body? Yes? <laughs> Do we give to our body whether it gives us happiness or distress? If our body gives us distress, do we say, heck with you, I'm not going to give you anything anymore? Do we do that? No. We're very obedient servants of our body, <laughs> whatever, whether it reciprocates with us or not. Yes. So this reciprocation with the family is in the same category. We think it's myself. My dear friends, we should be extremely, extremely careful in our relationship with the temple and community in which we live and the ISKCON society of which we are a part, that we do not serve ISKCON and serve the community like a material family. Because that's not a fully spiritual relationship, it also leads to bitterness and disappointment. We see in our material families other bitterness and disappointment. Yes, because it's not ultimately spiritual. It's the closest thing you see, but it's not really spiritual. So we have to be very careful that our relationship with ISKCON, the way we give to ISKCON, the way we give to our temple, to our guru, is not on the basis of swajana, but is on the basis of spirituality. Okay, so now we come to come to the ungrateful people. There's four main types, and one of the types has three different divisions, which will give us nine altogether. So Krishna mentions of those who don't reciprocate at all. They don't love, they don't not love. They're neutral. One is the Atma Arama. Those who find pleasure in themselves. So this, of course, is spiritual. These are people who realize Brahman. They don't have anything to do with the world. As Krishna says in the Gita, they have no reason to work in the world, and they have no reason not to work in the world. They have no reason to love you, they have no reason to hate you. They're simply satisfied in themselves. What terms does Krishna use in the Gita? Atmarati, Atmasantosh, Atmatushta, Atmajoti. They're full within themselves. Why should I care for anyone else? And we see this exhibited, say, by Jad Bharata. Yes? He was an Atmarama. He didn't talk to his family members. His father tried to teach him, and he just did everything backwards. Then there's the Optikama. The Optikama are not spiritualists. These are materialists. But they have everything. It's like if you go to Bill Gates and you say, I'd like a relationship with you, he'd say, well, I don't really need a relationship with you. I have everything. I have money. I have relationships. I have everything I need. I don't need you. So therefore, they're indifferent. You love them. You don't love them. It doesn't matter. They think 
I'm self-sufficient. I have everything that I need. So they're interested in relationships, but they already have them. So uh, they're fulfilling all of their own desires. Then the third main category is the akritigya. Akritigya are fools, idiots, as they say in Italy, the stupidos. So these stupidos, they're so absorbed in themselves, they don't even notice what anybody's done for them. So the merchants, they notice what other people are doing for them. Although they notice, again, their sacrifices and the other, other's results. That's the merchants. And they're calculating. What did I give? What did you give? What did I give? What did you give? What did I give? What did you give? The givers, they're just giving. They're not calculating at all. And these people, they don't even notice. I'm sure you've met people like this. You do things for them, do things for them, do things for them. You did something for me? Huh? Didn't you notice that I cleaned the room? Huh? You cleaned the room? What did you ever do for me? They say. And Prabhupada talks about when the man's ready to take sannyas and the wife he says, I've given you 40 years of my life, 20 years, whatever. And the wife says, what did you ever do for me? This is the akritigya. They, they just, they're just so self-absorbed. And they, they have the capacity to give. It's not that they don't have any capacity to give. But they're so busy looking in the mirror and they're so busy focusing on themselves and their problems and their this and their that. that it's, what did you ever do for me? What did you ever do for me? What did you ever do for me? Okay, now we're coming to the fourth category. And here there's three subdivisions of this fourth subdivision. So this is the Guru Druha. So the Guru Druha actually is inimical to those who help them. So you might wonder, you know, how is this possible? How can you be inimical to those who help you? So many years ago when I used to run a school, I noticed some very interesting phenomena. So there were always certain families who asked us for special favors. Can you bend the rules a little bit? This happened, we had this emergency, there's this situation. Can you please make some exception for us? Can you do this? And so we would say yes. So of all those people for whom we bent the rules, some of them were grateful. And some of them were very inimical. And I realized that all of the people who became very inimical, very critical, even at enmity, were people for whom we did special favors. 100%. So 100% of the people for whom we did special favors did not become inimical. Some of them were grateful. But 100% of the inimical people were people for whom we had done special favors. And I couldn't figure that out. Now, how is it? just didn't make any sense to me. And then after a while, I thought about it. And how do we feel about people to whom we have a debt? Hmm? If somebody, you know, lends you 100 pounds and you say you're going to pay it back on Tuesday and on Tuesday you don't have the money, how do you feel about them? Very uncomfortable. You don't really want to see them, do you? By the way, we're all exactly like this with Krishna. What is he giving us? What is Krishna giving us? Everything. He's given us our body according to our desires. He's given us our, our life. He is our life breath. He's our fire digestion. He's the light of the sun. He's our ability. He's our intelligence. He's giving us remember, remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. He's the taste in our food. He's the taste in water. What is he not giving Everything. And the conditioned soul hates him. Actually hates him. We feel very uncomfortable around people we owe a debt to. This is again, what's this coming from? The merchant mentality, isn't it? If I have a merchant mentality and I'm aware that you're giving me so much that I can't repay you, I become very uncomfortable. Does this make sense to everyone? 
Yes? If I have a giving mentality, that's not going to happen because then I can give unlimitedly by being connected with Krishna and I can also receive and be grateful because I know that's also coming from Krishna. But as soon as I have a merchant mentality, then the more somebody gives me, the more uncomfortable I feel. And I become actually inimical to that person. Um, just a little kind of side note. There's a very interesting phenomenon that we should be extremely careful of as devotees. So we come as devotees and we take initiation, we make promises, 16 rounds, four regular principles, we have promises of a certain lifestyle. And we may not be perfect in following everything in the Hare Krishna movement, so I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but you can think, have I been absolutely perfect in following all the instructions of Srila Prabhupada? Do I follow everything perfectly all the time? Anybody? So, think about the situation, okay? Srila Prabhupada, my spiritual master, the devotees, the society, they're giving me everything spiritual. And then I look at how I'm paying it back and I see that I'm deficient. You follow? Everybody's following me? I'm not really making the payments I should make. We all know this, yes? Even someone comes to you and says, oh, you're a great devotee, you're a great devotee, you're a great devotee. We think, if only they knew how not a great devotee I am. Now that feeling of being insufficient in paying back a debt can make us feel uncomfortable. And then we avoid the person to whom we have the debt. And this is one of the reasons why when people have some kind of fall down, especially if it's a major fall down, they feel too embarrassed to come back. And this is often why when we do something wrong, we then hesitate to come back to Krishna and fix it. Are you all with me here? This is one of the causes of inattentive chanting. It's one of the causes of inattentive chanting, inattentive hearing. We've done something wrong, whatever it is. We yelled at a devotee, we bought some chocolate from the shop, whatever it may be, whatever our things are. We each have our own things. You know, whatever the little thing, little thing, big thing, whatever that we're struggling with. And we do that, and then we, we don't want to be around Krishna. He makes us feel uncomfortable. So we go to chant, and we just chant mechanically, because we're afraid to come before Krishna. So this is this group druha, not acknowledging what others done, and being actually hatred and envious toward them. All right, now Krishna's going to give three, Krishna and the Acharyas in the commentary, give three subcategories. Okay, the first is when... The feeling of being inimical is for a reason. So somebody did 10 million zillion wonderful things for you and one time they didn't. One time they cheated you, one time they lied to you, one time they didn't show up, one time they disappointed you. So although they're your benefactor and they've done so much for you, they did do something wrong and they did do something genuinely wrong. So you feel you have a reason for being inimical towards a benefactor. So that's the lesser degree. Then when you just hate those who take care of you without a reason. You have no reason. The person's only done... Those of you are sitting over, all the way over there, you, know, you can move over this way a little bit so you can see the screen better if you like. So this is people they hate with no reason. The other person has only been a benefactor and still they hate them. So again, we see this frequently with children and their parents. You know, where the children become angry at their parents even though the parents have given everything. And then the worst type, the worst type are those who do not just hate their benefactor, but they actually seek to harm them. We call this biting the hand that feeds you. So you're doing good for me, you're doing good for me, you're doing good for me, and I not only hate you and envy you, but I want to hurt you. So these would be the demons who fight with Krishna. So to summarize the nine relationships that Krishna expanded from the six, so the first, the gopis gave one category, Krishna also gave one category, these are the selfish people who are like merchants in a business exchange. Krishna said such people have no what? Anybody remember? No 
With no love? No. What? Happiness? No. No. Dharma? No. Faith. Hmm? Faith. Faith? No. Friendship? No love. No dharma. No friendship. No faith. No happiness. Then the gopis gave the category of the selfless givers, which Krishna expanded into two, the pure devotees, and the example the acharyas give is? Prahlad Maharaj. And Krishna is referring indirectly to the example of the? The gopis themselves. And we know this because Krishna takes this middle question and says, oh, gopis who have Beautiful ways. So he's saying this middle question is the most beautiful. And the other category is the family. Then of those who are indifferent, there's the Atmarama, the self-satisfied spiritualist, the Optikama, the materialist, who says, I've already satisfied all my desires, the, few, the fool, the Akritagyan, who's just self-absorbed, and then those who are inimical, those who hate their benefactors, who hate with a reason, who hate with no reason, and who not only hate, but harm. So, in order to progress in spiritual life, we need to be free of deceit. Raghunath Das Goswami says, the main thing that hinders us is deceit. Therefore, we need to be honest, at least with ourselves and with Krishna, as to what are my real relationships? What are my real relationships? And if we want to come to this relationship, then to come to that relationship, we must be connected to the unlimited. We cannot have unlimited, unconditional love unless we are connected to the source of unlimited, conditional love. And this we can do, of course, by really trying to connect with Krishna, not just officially, but with our mind and our heart, our emotions, our desires, and by meditating on the devotees who have this mood. So after Krishna gave these categories, the gopis wondered, all right, well, we were trying to figure out who you are, and um, you're not the merchants, and you're not just like the family members, so um, which one of the ungrateful people are you, Krishna? So again, as we talked about yesterday, we try to put Krishna into some material category. We try to analyze Krishna from a material perspective. So now, after Krishna's explained the nine types of relationships, he's going to explain what is his relationship with his devotees. So this is verses 20 to 22. Okay, again, we can say these together, please, everybody. Naham tu sakyo bhajato pijam tum bhajam janisham anuvritti vrittaye yatadano labda dane minaste tadchintayanyam pitona veda. But the reason I do not immediately reciprocate the affection of living beings, even when they worship me, O gopis, is that I want to intensify their loving devotion. They then become like a poor man who has gained some wealth and then lost it, and who thus becomes so anxious about it that he can think of nothing else. Evam marotro vita loka veda Svanam hivo maya nuvritta evala Maya paroksham bhajata tirohitam Masu yutam marhatayat priyam priya my dear girls, understanding that simply for my sake you had rejected the authority of worldly opinion, of the Vedas and of your relatives, I acted as I did only to increase your attachment to me. Even when I removed myself from your sight by suddenly disappearing, I never stopped loving you. Therefore, my beloved gopis, please do not harbor any bad feelings towards me, your beloved. Naparayanam niravatya samyuyam sasadu kritchyam vibabudhaitapiva yamadajam durjana geyashin kapa samvishyajadva pratiyatu sadhuna. I am not able to repay my debt for your spotless service 
Even within a lifetime of Brahma, your connection with me is beyond reproach. You have worshipped me, cutting off all domestic ties, which are difficult to break. Therefore, please let your own glorious deeds be your compensation. So here Krishna is going to show how he is uh, six of the nine categories and none of them. He's not any of the last three. But he's six of the, he's all six, all of the first six categories. And yet he's not any of them. He's in his own category. So Krishna says, I'm not just the merchant doing business. Because people give to me, and yet I don't immediately reciprocate with them. It's not that they just give, and I give back. So therefore you can say, I'm not a merchant. And you can say, I'm not a selfless giver. Because if someone's indifferent to me, then I'm indifferent to them. Does anyone know what this painting is here? With Duryodhan, yes. So this is Krishna in Dwarka, and here's Duryodhan and Arjuna. So Krishna was indifferent to Duryodhan. Duryodhan was inimical to him. Krishna didn't eat at his house. He ate at Vidura's house. He gave himself to Arjuna. And Prabhupada says that the super soul in the heart, he's talking to the devotees. For the non-devotees, he's silent. So therefore, Krishna says, I'm not in the second category either. And yet, Krishna says, I am in the second category. I do worship everyone, even if they don't respond. I am as merciful as you are. And I am even in the first category. I am the perfect reciprocator with everyone according to their desires. So I am the perfect reciprocal giver and I am the perfect giver no matter what anyone does. And am I an Atmarama? Am I an Atmarama? Well, Krishna is the best Atmarama, is he not? Krishna is the most satisfied in himself. Krishna is not just merged in the Brahman, he is the Brahman. <laughs> so, of course, he's perfectly Atmarama. But the Atmarama has no desires. But Krishna says, no attraction. Krishna says, I am attracted. Although the Atmarama is having so much happiness in themselves, they have no attraction to anything. Krishna says, when I hear your conversation, I feel attracted. <coughs> and don't I fulfill the desires of everyone? Not only am I attracted to you, dear Gopis, I'm attracted to all the living entities. All living entities are my parts and parcels. Don't I feel some love for them? And in love forget, give them everything that they need? Am I an optikama who can fulfill all of my desires and has nothing more to desire? Well, yes, Krishna is the optikama. He is self-satisfied. He has unlimited opulences. And yet, again, Krishna has attraction to the devotees. Krishna has attraction also desires, although he can fulfill all of his own desires. And he doesn't need any of us for any of his desires. He feels the need to protect his devotees. Not only an attraction, but a desire. So Krishna is the ultimate Atmarama, but yet he has attraction to the devotees. He even has attraction to all living entities. And Krishna is the perfect Atmakama, fulfilling all of his desires. And yet he has a desire. He has a need. He feels a need, although he's complete. What complete person feels a need for anything? But although Krishna is complete and has no needs, yes, I need to take care of my devotees. I need to serve them. I feel obliged to them. But the one thing I am not in any way is a guru dhuni. Because I am always grateful to my devotees. Draupadi just said one time, Govinda, and Krishna says, I am always in her debt. 
Who's going to be grateful to you eternally if you give them a leaf? A flower, a little bit of water. Give somebody a little bit of water. Are they going to be in your eternal debt? A Jamil had a whole sinful life, but he said one time, Narayana, in 75 in Philadelphia, when, before those books were published, Papa was giving class, and the devotee reading from the manuscript said to Jamil, called out three times, Narayana, Narayana, Narayana. Papa said, what is this three times? Why have you said three times? I didn't say three times. I said, once is sufficient. Narayana, once. Ajamil abandoned his elderly Brahmin parents, his chaste wife, lived with a prostitute, was lying, cheating, stealing to make his income. Narayana! Oh, I'm in your debt. Here are my servants to get you. Let's go to the Sinarama. Oh, I'm in your debt. Oh, look at those funny Hare Krishnas dancing in the street. I'm in your debt. Right? The Guru Druhi, uh, they hate the benefactor. Those conditioned life, we tend to see the fault in the ocean of good qualities. Oh yes, he has so many good qualities, but look at his fault. Krishna sees the good quality in the ocean of fault. And he's eternally grateful. You touch the Bhagavatam, never mind all the sins you did. Birth in a good family. Give you a chance to go on. You did one thing. If somebody offends me, somebody cheats me, somebody lies to me, they just do one good thing, doesn't mean anything to me. I say, you've lied to me, cheated me for so many years. You have to do good things for at least a year, or two, or three, before I'll talk to you. And with Krishna, we cheat him, we lie to him, we envy him, we hate him, we do so many sinful things to him, to other living entities, to ourselves. And we say, let's go to the cinema and watch a movie. And he says, oh, my dear. So, then why doesn't Krishna always reciprocate? So for the devotees who have not yet attained prema, so this is certainly about me, maybe many of you in this room have attained prema, but if there's any of us in this room who have not attained prema, then this category applies to us. So one is working, 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 chanting every day, chanting every day. One devotee was learning art, and she told me that the principle is that after 10,000 hours of practice, you become a master. So I calculated how many hours I'd spent chanting Hare Krishna, approximately. And I'm like, it's been a lot more than 10,000 hours. <laughs> so we're thinking like that, you know? I, I, Krishna, I'm serving you, I'm serving you, I'm serving you, I'm serving you. Where are you? And then how do the devotees feel? Everything I've done is useless. It's all useless. I can't buy you, Krishna, can I? Can we buy Krishna? Can you go to Krishna and say, I've waved so many sticks of incense, I've chanted so many Hare Krishna mantras. I've memorized so many shlokas. I've slept in so many vans to distribute books. i put up with so many indignities in the Hare Krishna movement. <laughs> Therefore, I have earned you. Why? This is a great secret. In Vriyad Bhagavatamrita, it's explained by Narada Muni and Uddhava to Gopal Kumar that prema is impossible without humility. So again, let's think of, that, of the person going shopping. So you have 20 pounds, and you go to the store, and you buy something, and it's worth 20 pounds. How do you feel? Okay, right? You go to the store with your 20 pounds, you buy something, and your friend comes and says, you know, I got that down the street for only 5 pounds. How do you feel? You go to the store with your penny, 20 pounds, you buy something that's worth 100 pounds. How do you feel? 
Our feeling of happiness is in direct, inverse relation to our feeling of deservedness. Our feeling of happiness is in direct, inverse relation to our feeling of deservedness. Why do the merchants have no happiness, no friendship, no dharma, no love? Because they think they deserve. Why do they accrue to Why do they see nothing that anyone gives them? Because they think they deserve. The more you think you deserve, the less you can enjoy anything. I deserve it. Why? What's the big deal? Of course you're doing all these things for me. I deserve it. There's no happiness in it. And if you get less than what you deserve, what you think you deserve, then that causes you suffering, even if it's nice, huh? Right? If you think you did worth, worth a thousand pounds and somebody goes and gives you a hundred, you can't even enjoy that hundred pounds, isn't it? You're saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't appreciate me. If you think you deserve nothing, you can enjoy unlimitedly. Anandam Bhutivarunam. Bhakti Siddhanta says, although the jiva is finite, it has the capacity for infinite pleasure, but the infinite pleasure is only there if one has object humility. So therefore, we're going on and on and on and on and on, and when we finally come to the point of, I deserve nothing. I cannot buy Krishna. Krishna is not a machine. This is not a virtual relationship. I deserve nothing. So therefore, Krishna just reciprocates a little here and there, and then hides and you do it again. You sat down and chanted your job in a certain way. And Krishna came and like, whoa! And then you think, oh, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to sit back in the same part of the floor. <laughs> That's what Nauru did, right? Try to do the same kind of meditation. And then there's no Krishna. And you see, it's not something mechanical. It's a personal relationship. How does Krishna feel? So Krishna says... When I'm seeing my devotees who have not attained prema suffering in lonely places, I have a thousand times more pain than them. I'm amazed by their prayers. Krishna, please come. Krishna, please come. And their tears are scorching my heart. But I want them to get real love. They're saying, I want real love. I want real love. And I know they can only get real love if they have What about the devotees who've already attained famous? And this is for any of you here who've already attained. Here, Krishna's saying, I want the love to intensify. This is what we all want. We all want a loving relationship that gets more and more and more and more and more. Right? It said with Ushan Anuda, every day their love was growing. Materially, our loving relationships don't tend to do that. So even for those who've attained prema, there are higher and higher stages. And therefore Krishna comes and goes and comes and goes to intensify their love. Exactly like a poor person who finally gets some wealth and then can't find it anymore. They become crazy. Where's my money? Where's where'd it come? Where'd it come? So those who've fully seen Krishna, Krishna may disappear just to intensify their love to the ultimate point. Your gopis, you're not in either of these categories. You're not in the categories of those who have not attained prema, nor are you in the categories of those who have attained prema. I'm so sorry. I did something wrong. There's never been any devotees like you, ever. I shouldn't have left you in the middle of the night after you wanted to be with me for so many millions and billions and trillions of years. Why did I leave you? I actually left you to glorify you. Because I know that your love is so wonderful. It cannot be increased or decreased even by a speck. There's no question of my leaving you to increase your love. But I wanted everyone to see this example of those who love completely selflessly. As total givers. Whether I crush them, whether I embrace them, whether I'm with them, whether I'm away from them that still they keep loving more and more and more. Therefore, I left you. I left you because I love you so much that I wanted everyone else to appreciate you. And I, I cannot repay you. You've left your fathers, your husbands, your sons, all your relatives. You even left ordinary dharma. You who were the personification of the Vedas. 
who gave up ordinary dharma? What have I given up? I'm still with my mother and father and my friends. So I say, I'll reciprocate, but I, I can't reciprocate with you. So please be happy with your own service. And the gopis started to think. We ask these questions in order to have Krishna admit that he was ungrateful. We ask these questions to criticize him. But Krishna has given us up simply out of love for us. Therefore, his love for us is greater than our love for him. So Krishna said to the gopis, your love for me is greater than my love for you. I'm in your debt. And the gopis thought, no, Krishna's love for us is greater than our love for him. He left us to glorify him. And we were asking these questions just to criticize him. When we really meditate on Krishna's love, then we are also filled with that love and deep gratitude. And then the gopis being completely satisfied, they and Krishna began the Rasalila. Questions, comments, discussions? Yes, Prabhu. Well, first of all, may I thank you and cordially congratulate you on an excellent presentation. It's really wonderful. Uh, I must admit that I was thinking for, for no reason at all, I don't know what about the reason, I was thinking of the fourth verse of Samandarashtakam uh, in which I cannot say it in Sanskrit, but I've paraphrased it in which the devotee says, My Lord, I do not want any benediction. There is some expectation on my part for reciprocation, but that, that reciprocation only is only in terms of uh, you should manifest yourself in my heart for all eternity. That is the only thing I want. And that is that is true bhakti. But if there is some expectation of material benefit, then as Prabhupada himself said, that is contaminated. Do you agree? Yes. Why do I want Krishna to manifest himself in my heart? So I can enjoy him or so I can serve him? So I can serve him. Yes. Thank you so much, um, Regarding a calculation, not to be calculated in sort of the ideal, I was thinking even if one reaches that state where they're pure, I think calculation is, is very natural in the sense that a devotee, if you have different people coming to the temple, he calculates who to spend time with, who to give their heart to. Okay, that, that sort of discrimination is advised by the Acharyas that there are six loving exchanges and we need to understand with whom to have those exchanges. But that is something so we can please Krishna properly. Because, uh, as Jesus said, if you throw your pearls before the pigs, they'll just trample them. So it's an offense to preach the glories of the Holy Name to the faithless. So it's, we have to be very careful with whom we have what kind of exchanges, otherwise Krishna won't be very happy with us. But that's not because we're calculating some sort of merchant reciprocation with them. But we're just saying, what sort of relationship can I have with this person that will be pleasing to Krishna? And then we have to take all sorts of things into consideration. We have to take our level of advancement into consideration, their level of advancement. We have to also take into consideration our gender, our ashram, so many things. Yes? So, but that's, that's not a question of keeping score. That, that's a question of what kind of relationship can I have with this living entity that will be most pleasing to Krishna. How can I, how can I be a conduit for Krishna's unlimited love to this particular jiva in this particular situation? And that's one still thinking of being a conduit of Krishna's unlimited love. And whatever the other person gives or doesn't give is, is irrelevant. If they give, you're, you're grateful, and if they don't give, you're satisfied. It doesn't matter. But 
you still once giving differently. Just like even when you're serving prasadam, when Mahaprabhu would serve prasadam, he would make sure that each devotee got the preparation that they liked. We're individuals and we have likes and dislikes. One time at a festival I said to a devotee, this is wonderful prasadam. And she said, all prasadam is wonderful prasadam. But we're individuals. You know, we, we, have our, we have our tastes, we have our likes and dislikes. That's what it means to be an individual. So just like when I'm serving prasadam, I serve different preparations and different quantities to different people. Right? One person is going to eat ten chapatis, one person is eating one chapati. One person loves the utma, another person doesn't like the utma. So in the same way, when I'm dealing in my general relationships with people, I understand what kind of relationship is, is proper according to time, place, and circumstance. But that doesn't mean I'm calculating the merchant experience. Is that helpful? That was excellent, excellent question. Anybody else? time for like three more minutes and we'll stop. Yes? What if you're in all the relationships? Yeah, like well, I'm sure that we have, in, with different people, we have different types of relationships. Yeah, with some people, we may have a merchant relationship. With some people, we're just a fool and idiot, and we don't see what in the world they're doing for us. Other person, we may feel, with this person, I can really just live, especially with their family. So, it's not that you're going to find, sometimes you may find that someone has the same kind of relationship with everyone. Some person is only a merchant. Some person is only, you know, some people are so evil that all they ever do is harm anybody. Yeah. But there's, there's going to be probably variety. But we should try to bring all of our relationships to the point that we're spiritual givers. The absolute truth is simply Atmarama. As Paramatma also Satmarama. But as Bhagavan, he has attraction to, to his devotees, attraction even to all of the entities. And he has desires to fulfill and love. Thank you very, very much. To Prabhupada Ki Jai. To Bhagavatam Ki Jai.